Hello everyone, welcome into the Queen City Soccer Show. This is your host, Cole Godfrey. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down a possible new manager for Charlotte FC, the first ever in club history. Today is Tuesday, July 6, 2021. And we'll also dive into the quarterfinals of the Euros and quarterfinals of the Cup of America. The Cup of America has already started with Brazil knocking off Peru. And the quarterfinals will be in today. Guys, if you don't subscribe, please do like, give, follow us on social media at QCS Pod on Twitter. And yeah, let's get into today's episode. So I'm just going about my day yesterday, working um, as one does the daily grind. And I see a tweet from Paul Tenorio from The Athletic. Stating that per a source, Charlotte has hired their man, the gaffer, Miguel and Hel Ramirez, who is coming over from Brazilian side Internacional. Internacional. Thank you. I am from South Carolina. Um, yeah, man. Uh, 36 year old, uh, very young. Uh, you see this in other sports, definitely in America. You see it. Um, Obviously, college football, you see young coaches all the time just right up the street, Clemson hiring Dabo Sweeney very young. Um, and even the NFL right now, they're, they're tending to hire – you're seeing younger coaches as a head coach. Um, Cliff Kingsbury comes to mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't know who he was, um, be honest with you. Uh, honestly, if you tell me that you did know who he was, unless you were from Ecuador – or you were from Brazil, I would not believe you. Um, but, yeah, no, he, uh, he's done some good things. Um, I mean, he was let go after three months uh, by Inter. He had a 10-7-4 and record, which, you know, I don't know. the. I mean, obviously Brazilian soccer is, you know, it, I would have to say that, it, you know, it's there's probably more pressure to win in South American soccer than even in Europe. I mean – it's, the fans are just so rabid in South America, and if you don't do, if you're not living up to the expectations of the club, you will be gone. I mean, this is, this is proof. I mean, you know, I mean, what, what kind of leash is that to give somebody three months, you know, and to implement their system, their tactics, the way they want to play, and have the, the buy-in from the team and from the fellow coaches and upper management? Yeah, I don't see that happening in three months. Um you know, that maybe there's another story there or something. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know that he's, like I said, 36 years old. Um, he started out in his hometown of Spain at Las Palmas. Uh, he was there for, I believe, it was nine years. Um, don't quote me on that. But in, in the academy. And then after that, he moved to Greece and worked with the youth squads for several sides over in Greece. But uh, – I mean, for Olympiakos, which is, you know, the premier Greek side, uh, he was, you know, and served in the academy. So, I mean, from there, I went on to Qatar and worked at the Aspire Academy. And where in an article I wrote with uh, the Mint City Soccer Show or the Mint City Collective, excuse me, you can go over there and check that out. Um, wrote a little article yesterday about, about him. But, <clears throat> yeah, I – he met his mentor, apparently, Roberto Alabe. Um, he is the director of football at Real Sociedad in La Liga. Um, that's his mentor and the way that 
he sees the game. I mean, he, that's how he, you know, it it worked for him. I mean, he went from there to to Ecuador where he got his first uh, head coaching job and at Independiente del Valle. Again, from South Carolina, I'm going to butcher this. I'm so sorry. No disrespect to anybody. Um, but he took him to the to the 2019 Copa Sudamericana title, um, which was the first in club history. Um, a very small Ecuadorian side and with half the budget of some of the teams that were playing in this tournament, um, maybe even a third of the, the budget and the talent as well. And I mean, he he got known for his uh, his style and his tactics, um, which is an attacking possession based style, um, which is he comes to mind um, Pep Guardiola at Manchester City, which you know for me personally, I would love. Um, I hate I love the United States men's national team, but the past few years I've hated watching them because I hate the defensive. Just park the bus, hit them on the counter every once in a while, and have you know thirty percent possession to seventy to to somebody like Mexico or somebody like um, the Netherlands or something like that. And you know, I mean, I get it. There's a bigger teams, but definitely in tournament ball, you you have to uh, you have to win to play again. So I mean, you know, it's wild, but to me, but anyways, yeah, I, I like that. Um, which to me, there's only six players signed right now for Charlotte and. To for if if this is true, which oh, and by the way, it was just announced a few minutes ago by Will Palachik, I believe is his name. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher his name. Let me check it out real quick, make sure I'm saying that right. But yeah, Will Palachik from Sports Radio WFNZ at one hundred two point five FM in Charlotte. Paul Tenorio, who first broke this story, will be on there tomorrow at 10.40 a.m. If y'all want to tune in and listen to that and get a few more details. Um, but, yeah, this is still not official from the club yet or anything like that. But it it's, looks to be tended this way, which, like I said, I was it, it surprised me. I, was thought, I, I personally thought that we were going to go probably more European-based or even American-based coach. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to see it. I mean, what he did at – Independiente in Ecuador is, you know, that's that's a good uh, good feeling because with his own, I mean, in his own words in an interview that he did recently, he was waiting for the Rock Club, and let's say the the actual quote is, "quote I have to be careful because I don't think my way of playing football." would be well-suited to just any kind of club. My way of understanding football needs a particular context, which not all clubs have. So I have to be very sure before I take the next step, and which is smart on his part. But, I mean, I think it says something about the the front office at Charlotte FC as well that, you know, they're going to let him have if, – if this is the case and he is the new manager, then they're probably – President Nick Kelly, they're probably going to let him have his way on signings, on, you know – and try to get more attacking players, attacking and possession style players, whether it be from you know South America now. Maybe maybe he uh, taps into the South American leagues and you know brings up talent from there. Um, you know that 
I think that's a big storyline to look at. I mean, we could, but I mean, I and for the guys that are already here, that have already been signed by Charlotte uh, in the midfield, like Riley McGree and Sergio Ruiz and Brent Bronico. I mean, this has to be music to their ears. I mean, to to know that somebody like this is is speculated to come in and take over, because you know, unless you're a defensive player. You probably, uh, and even if you are, sometimes if you are a defensive player, you probably, as a player, prefer the possession and the attacking. Um, obviously, unless you're huge, huge underdogs. But you know, I, I think uh, I think it says a lot about the front office wanting to 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 build from the ground up with the academy. He has so much experience in in some great academies across the world, um, and even in even in Ecuador. That's, I mean, that's the way they they played it over there. They went from their academy, built their players up, sold them to the big clubs, and that's how they generated their revenue and how they generated everything. And you know that that's almost an MLS style model right there. I mean, how many times has, for for an example, an American kid come up through the academies at say Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, um, or wherever it may be, and then, you know, they get a lot of attention. They do well in MLS, and boom, they get picked up by somebody over in Europe. And, you know, it's – so, I, I mean, that uh, – that seeing that he was very successful, that's the key, that he was very, very successful with that and with the amount and the, the restrictions on his budget versus the other clubs that he was playing is, you know, it's it's a big deal. I mean, I, th- I think it's a good thing. I think that – I think we'll we'll uh, once we know for you know sure if this is gonna you know if this is if this is the new gaffer then you know I think it's a positive. I mean that there's a lot of other candidates that you could have went after. There's you know but you know if this is him, let's get to work. You know I mean it, to me it's it pumps me up. It gets my my blood boiling. I'm like I'm ready to go. I'm ready for 2022. I'm ready to get the season started, and I'm ready to see. I'm ready to see what kind of team he builds, um, and I'm ready to. I'm ready to see how how good our academy is because, just with his experience at these academies, you could build something special. Um, you you could really could, and I think Charlotte has a good good base for that as well, and enough enough interest in the youth level across Charlotte and uh, the North Carolina parts right there, upper part of South Carolina in soccer that. You know, it could be a big deal and could be very, very successful. Uh, so, I, yeah, we're going to kind of just wait and see, you know, see what the official statement is from the club here coming up soon. And, you know, I mean, again, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm excited. Uh, just keep – pay attention to the podcast and for any announcements, follow, follow the pod on Twitter uh at qcs pod and i'll that i try to keep up with that thing 24 hours a day and you know and just be on top of things as far as when it comes to charlotte for you guys and yeah man i'm i'm very very excited uh we're gonna kind of shift gears just a little bit i mean that's you know i again i could go in here talk about it forever but at the end of the day, it's a good thing. If this is the guy, it's a good thing. This type of style would would be, I think, would work well. It comes to mind 
the Atlanta United teams when they had Miguel Amaron and Joseph Martinez, obviously still there. But when they were playing together, it was a free-flowing, attacking, possession-style football. And that's just – and that's – you know, and it worked. I mean, they were so, – obviously, you got to have the play, the right players. That's why I think it's such a big deal that he'd come in this early to be able to help pick the players. And obviously, the scouting department at Charlotte FC and is – going to be huge in that role as well and you know i'm excited but yeah like i said we're going to switch gears we're going to kind of talk about the uh quarterfinals of the euros which begin today with italy and spain um yeah i mean in my original bracket i had italy and england playing in the final with england winning um i'll be honest with you i feel more i feel like i, I want italy to go to the final already obviously because i want to I want to look smart. Um, but I mean that I had so much hate in my mentions for Chira Immobile falling getting getting barely kicked and falling over on the ground and rolling around, rolling around until he seen that they had scored and then got up and went on about it. look, I know it happens in every league across every continent. I understand that. All I said was I think I replied to ESPN FC's Twitter, and all I said was yeah, that's a tough look, which it was. It is. I, to me, I don't like it. I don't like the flopping. That I've criticized Neymar, um, and, I mean, I I don't like it. I mean, I, I think it's it's ridiculous. You're acting like a child. Um, I, I understand you're trying to win, you know, a free kick, a penalty, or whatever for your team, but I, I personally just don't like it. Um, but, yeah, so I, that's all I said. And, oh, my Lord, the amount of Italians that were in my mentions – calling me, telling me that I had an agenda against the Italian national team. I got called a racist, which is nothing you ever want to be called, definitely when you're not. And so, I mean, you know, and I told this one guy, I said, so you're going to stop. He said, so you're going to let let Twitter affect your, you know, who you're pulling for. And I told him, I said, no, I'm not going to let Twitter affect my, who I'm pulling for. I'm going to help. But it's definitely, it's definitely showing me who to pull against. And, so, yeah, I, I mean, I hope Spain goes out there and beats the ever-loving breaks off of Italy. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. Um, I do think Italy will probably squeak out a win. Um, I mean, they're just – I think they're in better form than Spain at the moment. Spain's – they both struggled, but I think Spain – I just – I don't know. I The defense of Italy and – the way that they've been playing together is it's I, I would see I could see Italy taking it and winning it. Um tomorrow, obviously you have England and the story of the tournament, Denmark. Wow, dude, Denmark is uh is a fantastic story. No matter if you like soccer, if you don't like soccer, it's to see what happened with Christian Eriksen. And I just seen also that UEFA is actually gonna Christian Erickson and the paramedics that helped save his life and did chest compressions for um, for Christian Erickson when he was on the field are the UEFA sent him to the semifinal against England and the, man that is awesome to see uh, UEFA has gotten some slack here uh, or flack here lately for um, for some things that they've done we'll stay out of but and uh, yeah I, I I think that's awesome um, I'm a fireman full time so I'm a first responder and if I had that opportunity for I mean, at the end of the day, it's a great thing that the first responders did, um, that the paramedics did, but make no mistake about it, that is their job, and that's what they get paid to do, and that's probably what they would tell you too. 
and they don't need anything extra because that's what I would say. But to have the opportunity to go to a European Championship semifinal and your country is in it playing against England, man, that's awesome. And I and and it's great to see Christian Eriksen back out of the hospital and moving around and stuff. You know, his his obviously his uh, playing future is in jeopardy, or I haven't seen anything official whether or not that he's done or if he can or can or cannot continue playing soccer, but, you know, all the best to him. And, but yeah, I, I, the story of them, I mean, and they're not just, let's take a look at it for a second. I don't know the exact final scores, but dude, they are not, they're not just beating teams. They are absolutely beating the crap out of teams. And, um, I mean, that's, it's just cool. it's so cool to see that somebody like that who has, um, I mean, and starting out with what was it? I think it was having one point or zero points from. No, yeah, they had they had they had zero points from the first first two games in group play, and yeah, I mean, and now the run that they've got on, I mean, they're a dangerous team. Um, I would, if I was England, I would not be taking them lightly whatsoever. Um, they, there's talent on that team. I mean, obviously they're they're they've made it as far as they have. <clears throat> but I mean, to you beat Wales four uh, nil. I mean, obviously just destroyed them. Um, and then you beat Czech Republic two to one, which was a fantastic game that I watched. Uh, yeah, man, it's a it's a it's a great story. Um, a little part of maybe rooting for Denmark in this game, but I don't know. I, I just think the class of England is just is going to be too much. Personally, England has looked to uh, the past two games, man. Which I mean, to be fair, in their quarterfinal they played Ukraine and just smacked them four 0 But you know, Harry Kane's scoring now. And as a Tottenham fan, it's as a Tottenham fan, it's absolutely great when he because when he starts his scoring and he gets that monkey off his back. I know uh, for the past few, uh, maybe not this past year, but a few years before that, he you know he didn't score his first goal for until like the first five or six games of the season, and you heard nothing. But you know he's lost it and all this stuff. But once he gets that goal, man, that guy, there's not. I don't think there's another person on the on the planet that once he's in form. That can that puts him away like he does in front of goal. Other than, you know, maybe Lionel Messi and maybe Cristiano Ronaldo, but and and Raheem Sterling's playing out of his mind. Um, Jaden Sancho's played great. Jack Grealish has played fantastic when he's actually played, which is still mind-boggling to me that he's not starting. But um, yeah, I, I, you know. Jordan Pickford, the goalkeeper, has not conceded a goal in this tournament. It'd be very – I just feel it'd be very stupid of me to uh, to pick Denmark when it comes to actually tactics and football management and talent. And But, I mean, you know, that's why they play the game. You know, I can sit here and say all this. Reporters can report whatever they want to. Writers can write whatever they want to. But you play the game for a reason because anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Uh, England go down to ten man, ten men or something. You know, it's a completely ball, different ball game. And Denmark have the talent to beat them. I mean, England did struggle against Scotland. Granted, they were sitting a few guys, and that is a huge rivalry. But 
I don't know. A semifinal, the second semifinal in a row in the World Cup, England got beat by Croatia in the semifinal. But second tournament in a row for England to be in the semifinal. And, yeah, I I think that – I think England pulls it out, and I think it'll be an England-Italy final, like I've said all along. Um, And if that's the case, if it is England-Italy and the form looks like it has been, it's it's England's tournament to lose. Uh, They – you just have, you know, sometimes you just have a feeling, you know, that they, this is it. If it's not now, then damn, when is it, you know? And so I, I think it's England's tournament to lose. Uh, and I'm excited about watching that today and watching over the next couple of days. Uh, so kind of diving into the Copa America just a little bit. Um, Brazil takes out Peru in the in quarterfinal number one. Argentina and Colombia play tonight at 9 o'clock. Uh, yeah, not really much to say about the Brazil Peru game. Um, I mean, it was a the goal that Brazil did score. Uh, the assist by Neymar was you've probably seen it everywhere, but it's it was phenomenal. And as I think I said on Twitter, you know, it's what if he turns it on that there ain't a defense in this world that's going to stop that guy. It's just there's a few people in the world like that, and he's one of them. And yeah, so, you know, they'll be playing the winner of Argentina and Colombia uh, in this game. I, I, You know, I would love to see Argentina win. I, I'm, a, I'm a Messi fan. I would love to see Messi actually win something with Argentina. Um, I would assume that he's probably going to play in the World Cup next year. So that may be his last tournament, international tournament. But I don't know. I, I – I do think Argentina wins that game tonight. I think that uh, I think that Messi's inspired. I mean, his form over this tournament has been incredible. Some of the best numbers that he's put up in international football. Um, so I, I think that Messi will wheel Argentina to a win tonight, and it'll be a Brazil-Argentinian final, which would be a fan. I mean, I love the underdog stories myself, but Brazil-Argentina. I mean, that's uh, that's that's as big as it gets in South American football. And I would love to see that personally. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, that, that'll be it for today's episode. I mean, I don't really have anything else. If something does come out within the next day or so of the Charlotte FC putting out an official statement on the coaching search, then then uh, we'll probably might do an emergency pod or something like that. But other than that, we'll be uh, checking back in next week when we uh, – Look at the finals and look at what happened in the Euros and look at what happened in Cup America and get ready for the freaking Gold Cup. It's almost here. It is almost here. We can watch the men in the red, white, and blue try to get another piece of silverware this summer and then start World Cup qualifiers, which was just announced. Um, their first World Cup qualifier against Canada will be played in Nashville, which is about five hours away from me. You can bet your house I will be there. Um and yeah, I'm I'm it's gonna be it's gonna be a great year, man, for for soccer lovers and definitely for United States and Charlotte FC soccer lovers. So but yeah, don't forget to subscribe please. Um again, follow us on Twitter. Stay stay up to date with us and I have some ideas for some merch that's gonna be uh I'm gonna be dropping soon. Um and yeah. So, guys, I hope you all have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week, and we'll see you right back here on the Queen City Soccer Show. Have a good one, guys.